Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Moore Show, and in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to do a special three-part segment on getting hired on Elance and Odesk. And the reason I'm doing that is I've been getting a lot of questions about that lately, and I have a really specific point of view about how to use those sites, and I also have some tips that I think are going to be very helpful for you to help you start getting your first job, start getting clients. You know, I've been talking about a lot about the importance of doing that. Now I'm going to get into talking about how you can go about doing that and how you can get those clients. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of the podcast. So stay tuned. The John Morris Show, your life on code. This is a podcast for web designers and developers. We talk about career advice, industry trends, motivation, and yes, sometimes technical coding. If you hear something during the show that makes you want to leave a comment, call 515-344-3163 and leave a message. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show and in this episode of the podcast we're going to talk about how to get hired on Elance and Odesk and in the first segment here I'm going to talk about what I think is probably the most important part of understanding how to get hired and how to use these particular sites and that's the mindset or the approach that you should take with working uh, when working with these particular sites. Now the thing is is I don't think that a lot of I see a lot of developers out there who are in essence a t- tied to these sites that they their entire business revolves around getting clients on these particular sites and uh, if you you know look at those people what they ultimately end up doing is they end up bidding or their their the way they offer their services is entirely based on price there's no real way for them to sell on value. And so if you're not familiar, there's really anything in the world that you might sell, whether it's some sort of product, some sort of service, whatever it may be, everything in the world that gets sold, there are really two fundamental ways that you can sell your product. And so the the first one is you is the one you're probably most familiar with, which is you can sell based on price. And in this particular approach, essentially what you're doing is you are winning by having a better price. Now, there's always an element of value attached to it, right? So the the a consumer, when they go to buy a product or service, isn't just going to look solely at price, but there will be, in a consumer's mind, an emphasis. Some consumers appreciate value more and are focused on value more, and some appreciate and are focused on price more. And you as the marketer or you as the, the service provider, the, the, the product owner, that you have to decide essentially what approach you're going to take. And when you take a certain approach, then you have to uh, go about it so that you appeal to the right customers and get the, the customers the, that you want to ultimately buy your product or service. Okay, so you can sell on price or you can sell on value. Now, a lot of people will tell you that selling on price or selling on one or the other is inherently wrong or a bad way to go about it or this or that. I don't necessarily think that either one is an an inherently bad way to go. You know, for example, if you're selling pencils, um, you know, you can build value when it comes to pencils and there's companies that do, but ultimately 
you know, there's, there's only so much value that you can ascribe to say a pencil. And so ultimately the, the person who wins in that particular market is going to be the person who can focus on cutting costs, focus on production, focus on uh, being able to produce a pencil cheaper so that they can sell on price and have the lower price. Generally speaking, that's going to be the way that a company wins in that particular market. So I think it depends on what kind of market you're in and what, you know, if you're selling a product or a service or whatever the case may be. Now, that said, I generally believe that people who are providing services and especially providing the kind of services that you and I provide, you know, development services, design services, and so forth, the better approach is to sell based on value. And the reason that you want to sell on value is because ultimately you want to get paid what you just think you deserve a and b you want to deliver something to your clients that uh is is just that that's ultimately going to serve the purpose that they're after and it's really difficult to do that with what we do based on price however you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily super savvy when it comes to business and marketing. And so uh, we it's easy for you if you're not familiar with all this stuff to get caught up in selling on price. And that's what these, you have to understand, that's what these freelance sites are designed to do. The benefit for the client, the person hiring a developer, is that they can get developers to compete and ultimately lower the price. That's their benefit. That's what attracts them to these sites as opposed to just going around and finding somebody on their own. Is It's a, uh, it's getting com- uh, developers to compete with one another and ultimately uh, try to get them to compete on price and lower their prices, right? So what, I, what I'm telling you uh, to do is to avoid that, to, to avoid selling on price, which is probably not what you want to do anyway, and learn how to sell based on value. Right, so the, the the way that you do that, the way that you approach these sites is first off, understand that you don't want to tie your business to these sites. You don't want to do what I see a lot of developers doing and have their entire business be based on constantly getting clients from these freelance sites. Because if you do, you're going to be miserable because you're always going to be selling based on price. Uh, and when that's the case, you're always going to be getting paid less than what you actually wanted. And it's going to be harder to find the motivation to deliver on those projects because you're not getting paid what you think you deserve. And ultimately, you're going to be more unhappy and your clients are going to be uh, unhappy. All right. So the first piece of advice or the first mindset shift, hopefully, that you can make uh, from this is don't think of the freelance sites like Elance and Odesk as your long-term business plan. As this is what I'm going to do is just get clients from these sites long-term. Okay, Use these sites to help yourself get going, to establish relationships, to get uh, uh, to, to essentially prospect more for long-term clients and so forth. You can definitely use these sites in, in some very creative ways. But I don't suggest going all in on these sites because I think it's going to make you uh, miserable. Instead, what you want to do is you want to think of them as prospect prospecting sites. You want to think long term when it comes to using these sites. So 
what you want to do is you want to use them as a way for you to weed through all of the potential clients that are out there and find your ideal clients and then get them attracted to you and get them so they want to work only with you. Okay, so again, you're not trying to get constantly hired for different projects on these sites. You're essentially trying to weed through all of the different clients on these sites and find the ones that want exactly what it is that you offer and are, you know, highly targeted for what it is that you do and uh, make them ultimately make them long term clients of yours. So think of it as that way. You're, you're essentially trying to use these sites as prospecting sites. Eventually, what you want with all of the other stuff that you can do is you want to move off of these sites completely. You want to get to a point where you don't really rely on these sites, where you're doing so many other things. You have you know enough clients, you're, you're creating content, and you have your own website and this, that, the other, where clients are coming to you, you have more work uh, than you know what to do with, and you know, you're, you're, you're not relying on, uh, on these sites uh, in order to, to make your business run. Okay, so, but when you're first getting started and you don't really have any of that established and you need to get some clients right away, you need to figure out what it is that you are best at. You need to, you know, get some cash flow coming in for your business. These sites are are, are great for that because you can literally set up a profile today and and get a client and, and be on your way. Okay, so... uh uh, again, they're they're great for getting started, drumming up business uh, right away, and then using kind of long term to prospect for longer term clients. The reality is, and again, as an individual, for most people's income goals, you know, you don't have to have a ton of clients. I mean, we're talking maybe at most, depending if you have really aggressive income goals. Uh, you might need up to like say 10 clients. That would be a lot of clients to, to have like, and I'm talking about clients who you work with on a regular basis, you know, ongoing clients and so forth. That would be a lot of clients, but even 10 in the grand scheme of things, you talk about, you know, the hundreds of thousands or probably even millions of clients that have been through Elance finding 10 is, 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 you know, that's probably pretty, pretty easy to do. So, you know, you don't have to focus. A lot of people focus on, you know, how can I just get so many jobs and get all of these different clients and so forth. And that really shouldn't be your focus. Your focus should be on finding your ideal clients, people you work well with, people who want exactly what it is that you offer. And they're going to want it on an ongoing basis so you can deliver it to them over and over again. Uh, and that be, uh, you know, how your business runs. That's what's going to not only make you more money. But it's also going to make you happier because you're going to be working on projects that matter to you, working with people that you like. Uh, and that's absolutely important. And then, of course, you're going to be getting paid what you think you deserve because these people uh, are going to be willing to essentially pay you whatever you want uh, you know, to, to, to do what uh, they want you to do. All right, so that's, that's the first part of this is having the right mindset going in. Don't tie your business to these, these sites. Think of it as a long-term prospecting and that ultimately you eventually want to be able to move off of these sites and have your core set of clients that you just work with long-term for, for the rest of your career. All right, so that is the end of segment one. We'll dive into segment two. And in segment two, we're going to talk all about setting up your profile. There's a lot of mistakes that people make 
when they go into setting up their profile on these sites that causes them to miss clients uh, and, and to have clients undervalue them. All right, so we're going to talk in the second segment, we're going to talk about how to set up your profile and we'll get into that after the break. Hey guys, John here. You know, a few years ago, I was really struggling to get clients for my web design business. And that was even though I had a pretty killer portfolio, I thought, and I had always made the clients that I worked with super happy uh, on the projects I worked with them on. I still seemed to struggle to win clients on the freelance sites like Elance and Odesk. In fact, it was becoming a little bit of a major problem because I was going broke because I kept getting underbid on those freelance sites. And I remember I used to lay, lay awake at night racking my brain because I knew that there had to be some way to get the kind of clients I wanted and make the kind of income that I was after. So then in a kind of fit of desperation, I started using some marketing techniques that I had learned from my days selling shoes in the mall. And man, suddenly things really started to change. I started winning more and more jobs on Elance and Odesk. And my big business began to really take off. And finally, I felt like I had control and that I could get hired for any project that I really wanted. So eventually, I applied those techniques to my entire business. And now I don't even go on those freelance sites anymore because I have more clients coming to me than I can even handle. In fact, I turn down these days more work than I accept and if I need to, I can quickly drum up any new business whenever I want. And that's all while working a heck of a lot less than I did before and making a lot more money than I did before. So now what I'd like to do is I'd like to share that information with you. I'd like to share with you what I learned that helped me to transform my coding career. So what I want you to do is head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and right at the top, you're going to see a web form where you'll be able to subscribe to my mailing list. I want you to head there and subscribe to that mailing list right now. And I'm going to send you over time the information that I learned that helped me transform my coding career and start making the kind of income that I wanted to make all while working a lot less hours and being a lot less frustrated. Right? So head on over to johnmorrisonline.com. Complete that form to sign up to the mailing list and I'll start sending you that information so you can transform your coding career just like I did. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show. And in this episode, we are talking about how to get hired on Elance and Odesk. And in this second segment here, we're gonna talk about setting up your profile and what you need to do in order to get a potential client to go to your profile and value you you know, as you should be valued and ultimately uh, help you, uh, let your profile help you get hired for the projects that you wanna get hired for. So, to start off, the first thing about these profiles uh, that you have to understand is most developers, when it comes to these things, are lazy. Okay, they're they're lazy when they're putting these profiles to, together. So you can have a really easy advantage over every other developer on these sites by simply not being lazy. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of things to fill out. There's a lot of things that you could do on these profiles, and 
if you go through the profiles on the Elantino desk, you'll see that not a lot of people fill them out completely or or fill them out, you know, they, they're trying to do as little work as possible uh, to, to, to be able to get clients. And I say take the opposite approach. Your mindset with the profile should be to fill it out as absolutely completely um, as you can and think of it as, uh, you know, a salesperson for you. That your profile, once you've set it up and gone through it completely, it's going to be your salesman selling your services day after day after day after day. Now, do you want that salesman to be somebody that you've trained for 30 minutes? Or do you want that salesman to be someone, you know, that you've trained for for three months and knows everything about you and is able to sell your services to clients day after day after day and get clients to value you and want to hire you? Uh, that's the way to think about your profile. So again, don't be lazy. Fill these things out. There's a lot of stuff on there. And the thing is, is, you know, you can... You can, like I said, create an easy advantage for yourself. You can put yourself uh, in the top 5% of the, 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 the people on Elance and Odesk and get clients right away just by not being lazy, just by filling out the profile fully uh, and, and, and you know doing everything that you can on your profile. Because the reality is, is most developers on there just don't do that. I mean, I, I don't know how many profiles I see on there are developers who don't even have a picture. I mean, how, how do you expect to get hired if you don't have even have a picture of yourself on there? And their their description is like two sentences. How in the world do you expect someone to want to hire you if what you're showing them is, I don't want to upload a picture and I've got two sentences for my description? That doesn't exactly exude reliability or trust, right? And so that's that's what you want to do. And, and again, you can easily set yourself apart just by doing that one thing. In fact, you know, my little brother who had never had a client before, you know, had really never built anything <laughs> online, was just kind of a really beginning developer on online, was able to start getting clients on Elance just by doing that. He went on to his profile and he noticed the same thing I did and he just said, you know what, I'm just going to fill it all the way out. And that's what he did. He just filled out his whole profile. He took some of the tests and lo and behold, he started getting clients because he filled out his whole profile. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so silly and it is a little bit silly, but just by going on there and not being lazy, you can really get a big advantage. All right, so that's the first thing. Um the second thing is, you know, is is kind of again a mindset thing about how you're trying to position yourself with your profile. So, you're not trying to position yourself as the best developer who knows absolutely everything. And I've talked a lot about this. I've talked a lot about uh, targeting specifically the thing that you're best at, that you want to do long-term, that you're most passionate about. And of course, you need to figure out what that is. Uh, and it's always an ongoing process. So, But when you first go in there to fill out your profile, you don't want to talk about, you know, I know all of this different stuff. You don't want to take uh, the test for everything that you can possibly take. You don't want to show portfolio items for all of these different things. What you want to do is you want to your profile to be laser targeted to the thing that is that you want to offer that you want to do long term. Okay, so you want to position yourself as a specialist, uh, and and so you're you're specifically targeting your ideal clients with your profile and showing them that when it comes to this one thing, that you are the best in the world. 
And again, like I said, I've talked about this before, but targeting in that way, being that specific and targeting something like that, that can trump almost everything else because what happens when a potential client sees that and they're after that one specific thing, they've looked at other other profiles. They look looked at all these other developers and they've seen people who generally might have some experience in what they want, but most often those developers are are, are marketing so generally that there's nobody out there who says, I just do this and I'm the best in the world at it, right? So if you do that, when they hit your profile, they're going to look you know, at your overview and your service description. They're going to look at your portfolio. They're going to look at the test you've taken. They're going to look at your licenses and certification and they're going to see all of it is targeted to the one thing that they're after and it becomes a no-brainer decision. You know, again, the example I use for me is building membership sites using Wishlist Member. That's what I specifically target. And, you know, when people come, whether it's my website, Elance profile, whatever, they see that everything is targeted specifically to that. And I get clients all the time who say, you know, I see that you are the membership site expert when it comes to Wishlist member. I see you're the, you know, that's that's what you do. That's everything that you do. And so I want to hire you because you're the expert. That's the way you need to position yourself as the expert on that one specific topic. Now, the reason that you want to do that is one, again, it trumps all of a lot of the other stuff. I mean, you could have developers out there who have more experience than you, who uh, have scored higher on other tests, who have all these crazy licenses, but if that all that stuff isn't related to the one specific thing that your client is after, it really doesn't matter to them. You know, if they want someone who's a jQuery expert, right, and they need uh, something built with jQuery, does it really matter if they scored a hundred percent on the PHP test? Does it really matter if they have some sort of fancy networking certification? None of that matters because it has nothing to do with jQuery. That's all that stuff doesn't mean that they know a lick about jQuery. And that's what you have to understand when clients are looking to hire people. They're not looking for someone who's great at everything. They're looking for someone who's great at the one thing that they're after. And so you really need to specifically target that. And you need to uh, target yourself or, or position yourself as a specialist in that. Again, A, because it'll help you get clients a lot easier. But B, the second thing, which kind of goes back to what we talked about originally, and that is it allows you to sell on value. Because if a client is hiring a specialist, they understand that the price is going to reflect the fact that they're hiring a specialist. And so they know that they're going to pay more. They come in accepting the idea of paying more, and they, they, they're willing to to give you what you deserve for uh, for what they want. And then it allows you to then, when you're having that conversation with them and it comes to price, you know, it's not there's 10 other people out there just like me that they can choose from. It's you're the only one that they can get it from. So they have to pay whatever you want. And if you say, well, I'm not willing to accept what you're, offering to pay me or they say I'm not willing to accept what you're wanting me to pay you however you look at that you know there's nowhere else for them to go 
the 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 choice isn't between you and someone else. The choice is between hiring you or not having their thing done at all. Now some people will choose that, but 90% of the time they're going to hire you and pay you what you tell them that you you want to be paid. Right? So now again, that's a long process or a a a long-term process to get to the point where you really have that honed in and you really have it tight and you can really you know, charge uh, a premium price for what it is that you do. But that's the focus that you need to have going in and always be shaping your profile and what you're doing on Elance and finding those clients uh, towards that long term. All right. So, uh, again, you want to target yourself or position yourself uh, as a specialist. You know, again, just some some simple things or some little tricks about working with profile as i mentioned just fill out the profile completely i can't uh, uh say just how important that is um when you're filling out the overview and the service description on elance and I'm, i haven't actually been on odes but I, I assume it's similar um just be sure to to really again be specific about what it is that you offer fill it out completely and and just really talk a lot about what it is that you do and what you're best in the world at as opposed to trying to sell yourself as the greatest all-around developer. Thing is is they're not going to believe you if you do that. Uh and B, you know, that's not what they're after. They're after a specialist and when you're selling yourself as a specialist, it's a lot easier to convince somebody that you're you're the best in the world at one thing than it is to try and convince somebody that you're the best in the world at everything. Nobody's ever going to believe that. So that's the approach that that you need to take. Also, take the tests that are relevant to your specific offer. I know on Elance you can take different tests that they have on there for PHP, CSS, whatever. You don't need to take them all. Just take the ones that are relevant to what it is that you do. For example, uh, on my profile, I've taken one test on there, and it's the WordPress test. And I scored in the top 1% on the WordPress test. And that's the only one that I've done. And there's a reason why that's the only one I've, I've done. Because that's the only one that matters that, that's on there for what it is that I do. Yeah, there's PHP and HTML and CSS and this, that, the other. But I don't want general PHP projects. I don't want general jQuery and HTML. I don't want all of that stuff. I just want WordPress-based projects and specifically wishlist member ones. Now, they don't have a test on there for that. Otherwise, I'd take it. But... Uh, that's the only one on there, and I've scored in the top 1% on that test. So when someone sees that, they say, well, this guy knows WordPress, right? So that that's how you want to to look at those tests. Take the ones that are relevant to what it is that you're offering. Now, don't worry if you do bad on the tests, um, because you can actually you can remove them from your profile, and there's a delay. You know, they if you take a test and you don't do well on it, you can remove it from your profile. And they'll let you take it again. It's I think it's a few days or maybe a week or something like that that you have to wait for to be able to take it again. But just remove it from your profile if you do really bad on it. Study. You'll have an idea of what the questions are going to be like at that point. So study. Uh, and then whenever they allow you to take it in, come back and t- take it again. And then once you're comfortable with the score that you've got, then you can go ahead and put it on your profile. One thing about that is that those tests will actually get you into, they have different groups. On, again, on Elance, they have different groups. And those groups, uh, it allows you, you, there's certain jobs where you have to belong to a certain group. 
in order to be able to bid on project, certain projects. So you, know, you want to take the test so that you can get in that group so that you can then bid on those projects. Again, relevant to what it is that you offer. And of course, you have to get a certain score to be able to uh, get into those groups. But So take those tests, make them relevant to what you offer. That way you can get to those groups and bid on those projects. And plus, when people view your profile, then they'll, they'll see that and uh, you know that'll just help build your credibility. Um, fill out your portfolio as fully as possible. Again, I don't know how many developer profiles on the see that see on there that have no portfolio items. <laughs> a portfolio is one of the biggest things that you can do. It's showing what you've done. I mean, that's kind of really the big thing that they're after. So fill it out as completely as possible. Now, if you're just starting out, a lot of people will say, well, I don't have any. The easiest thing for you to do if you have no past clients, no portfolio to, to work from, is to just build things. Your portfolio isn't just confined to things you've done for clients. It can be anything that you've built. It's just showing off your work. So if you have to go out and create four or five, you know, whether if you're building websites, dummy websites, or if you're building applications like dummy applications or you know, open source applications, do that. And put those in your port portfolio. Those count. And it shows your client things that you've done. That's all you're trying to do with the portfolio. So if you need to create dummy projects, go ahead and do that. Create create some things. And it still allows them to look and see what you're capable of. Uh, even though it wasn't necessarily for a specific client, in the end, it doesn't really matter. Because you're just showing off what you're capable of. Right? So... Uh, again, if you need to create some dummy projects in order to fill out your portfolio, do that. But you really need to have uh, your portfolio filled out. I would say a minimum of three to five things on there and the more the better. All right. And then um, last but not least, of course, add in all of the relevant certifications and licenses and so forth. Again, you just want to target this to what you're offering. And th there may be no certifications available. I don't have any on mine. Um, but if there is, obviously you, you want to add it because that's just going to help add to the credibility of, of your profile. But just again, make sure that they're targeted to what you're offering because if you have some sort of Cisco networking certification and someone's trying to hire you to build a jQuery plugin, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's just they don't care. It's not going to do anything for you and it just becomes noise on your profile. And, and you want to eliminate noise as much as possible because you and I both know, because we're probably both this way, people don't like to read through a bunch of stuff. They're going to scan your profile as quickly as possible. So you need to make sure everything that they're seeing is relevant to what they're after, not irrelevant noise. All right. All right. So that's uh, how to build, go about building your profile, managing profile on these Elance sites. That'll help you give you a huge advantage and help you to get clients a lot easier. In the next segment, we're going to talk about bidding on jobs and how to actually bid appropriately so that you can actually win the job uh, and establish long-term relationships with potential clients, right? So we're going to cover that in the next segment, and we'll get to that after the break. Hey guys, John here. Real quick, I just wanted to ask you, do you have a burning question that you really would love to have answered something that's been holding you back or frustrating you or keeping you from getting where you want to go when it comes to coding when it comes to building your coding career 
you've got a question like that, then I would love to answer it for you. I would love to remove that roadblock from your path and allow you to continue to sprint down the path that you're on to being a successful coder. So here's what I want you to do. If you have that kind of question, then I want you to give a call to 515-344-3163 and ask me your question. When you do, I'll obviously listen to it and then I will try to answer that question live on the show here and give you the answer that you're after and remove that roadblock from in front of you so that you can continue to go down your path to coding career success. All right, so if you have one of those questions, again, call 515-344-3163, and I'll be more than happy to answer it for you. Thanks. The John Morris Show, your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show. And in this last segment, we're going to focus on bidding on jobs and how to actually win jobs and build long-term relationships with your clients. Right, so again, we'll talk a little bit about the mindset of of what you need to be thinking in your head when you're 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 bidding on jobs. And the first thing is really you you have to it's it can be difficult especially if you know you're in a financially difficult situation but you really need to work hard to avoid what i call sps which is shiny projects syndrome meaning you become so caught up in winning a project that you lose sight of your long-term strategy now i'm telling you this because i did this when i first got on these sites I was got so wrapped up in just winning the project that oftentimes I would take projects that really weren't in line with what it is that I was doing and these were never going to be long-term clients for me and they turned into really big headaches um, and it just makes you miserable. Instead of focusing on, again, and this all goes back to the idea of not building your business around these sites, meaning you're not trying to just always get clients from these sites. You're just trying to find people that you can establish a long-term relationship with. That's what you're really after. And so the, the, the thing that you need to focus on when bidding on jobs is really focus on the relationship. You need to be evaluating them as much as they're evaluating you. You need to be looking at them and saying, is this someone who could, could want my services long-term? Um, are they someone who's going to need this particular thing over and over and over again? Are they someone who I feel like I can work with and actually get along with? You know, those are all things that are absolutely important because you want to focus. What you want to do is the clients that hire you on these sites, you want the potential for that them to be someone who becomes a long-term client that you work with for years and years and years, not just that one project. And so you need to focus on the long term and focus on building a relationship and ultimately establishing a good relationship with them is more important than winning the project. Now, again, that can be difficult if you're struggling financially. However, keep in mind that 99% of the time, the two will go hand in hand. If you focus on building the relationship, you'll often win the job. And in the times when you don't, you probably weren't going to anyway, but at least You'll have established a relationship with them. So when they come back and need that particular service, you'll probably be the first person they think of and they'll try and find you 
and and hire you instead of going on on the freelance side and opening it up to everybody right so when you're bidding on jobs really focus on the relationship in the long term now one thing that you really want to avoid doing is telling them how great you are you see this all the time where people are focused on trying to get the job so what they're doing is telling the client how great they are and all these different fancy ways that you can go about doing that at the end of the day the client doesn't care about you they really don't especially in this scenario they could care less about you and how great you are what they're focused on is the problem that they have in front of you and so what you want to do is focus on solving their problem now you may come to a scenario and I've had this happen where you can solve their problem for them without them hiring you like you see it and it's something like so simple you can just tell them something and it'll solve their problem for for them if you can do that do it now it seems a little weird like well that's gonna mean that they're gonna cancel the job and then I don't yes but you're going to establish a relationship with them I mean think about it think about if you went on a site to hire hire and pay someone to to solve a problem for you and then you had somebody come in there see it and go oh well you can just do this and they solve the problem for you for free how uh how attached to them would you become how thankful and grateful would you be and the next time you needed something who's probably the first person that you're going to think of and try and find it's that person that helped you Okay, so again, focus on the long-term relationship. If you can solve them problem for you for them um, without them hiring you, go ahead and do it. Don't be afraid to do that. Because and the thing is, is again, you know, 99% of the time, even though that's the case, they're probably still going to have you do it for them, simply because they just don't want to do it. You can't underestimate how uh, um, much people just don't want to do certain things, and so. Uh, they will uh, oftentimes have you do it for them. And again, even if they don't, you know they're going to remember you, uh, and that's how you build a reputation. That's how you build, you know, ultimately long-term attract people to you and just have business coming to you as opposed to you having to go find it. All right. Um, and again, that goes along with the idea of giving them results in advance and building trust. Ultimately, when you're bidding on jobs. What you're trying to do is build trust. If you can build trust, then uh, you're going to win because on those sites, nobody knows anybody for the most part. And so the thing that's lacking more than anything else, everybody has credentials, everybody has descriptions and portfolios and this, that, the other. What's lacking is trust. And the easiest way to give somebody that you don't know, be able to get them to trust you, again, not with their firstborn son, but just enough to where you stand out is to to give them some sort of results in advance. Give them value. Uh, find ways that you can provide value up front before they hire you. And you'll be a lot more likely to uh, um, win that project, win that client, and, and build trust with them. Now, you do need to think about it a little bit and be strategic in the way that you do that. Um, what I generally do is in order to give results in advance on any project this is any project instead of on your bid where you write your proposal just giving them the details and telling them how great you are and this that the other this is where you want it's that space where you want to try and give value and provide information and provide solutions what i generally do is i focus on giving them the what so i'll tell them 
what needs to be done or what they need to do and try to give them that value so that they understand that. And some people will be able to take that and actually just do it themselves. Um, and that happens and that's okay because they're going to remember who helped them do that. Um, what I then hold back a little bit because it's really my domain. What I'm supposed to do is the how. So you tell them what to do, but you kind of save the how most people, the thing is, is most clients don't want to know the how because they're not technical people. You know, they don't want to know how to go code some crazy thing in PHP or jQuery. Like you don't really, that's not what they're after. If you tell them the what, that oftentimes will will make things a lot more clear for them and understand what, you know, help them understand what, what they're after and, and help you uh, establish trust and stand apart. And then when they hire you, they hire you to do the how for them. Now, again, some people will be able to take it and figure out the how on their own. Don't worry about that. It's so few cases, and even those people, long-term, they're they're going to come back to you because they reach a point where like they do the how once and they're like well that sucked and they don't want to do it again. So um, give them the what and then you do the how. Now, if they push you for the how, what I generally do uh, instead of you know being scarcity minded and withholding that and saying well that's what you got to hire me for, I I give it to them, but I just give it to them raw technical form, right? So I don't. I don't explain everything and make it all nice and understandable for someone who's not technical. I don't do that. I just say, okay, here it is. And a lot of times people will see that and go, okay, never mind. I'll hire you to do what you just told me for you. <laughs> and, and that's that's essentially just to help them to understand what it is that they would be getting into if they wanted to do it on their own. You know, uh, you, you have to manage your time. You don't have time to sit there and explain everything to them and show them how to do this, that, and the other. But if they want the how in raw technical form and they can figure it out on their own, by all means. And they want to, by all means. But most clients don't. Most clients can't. And so they're there, when they see that, if they're pushing you on the how and, and trying to get you, I'll just give it to them straight technical form and... and it creates the juxtaposition in their mind and makes them face the idea of, do I really want to do that thing all on my own? And uh, most of them will say no and they'll just hire you, right? But, you know, you're doing it in a way where you're giving value. You're not being scarcity minded. You're giving them value. You're building trust. Uh, and so it, it helps them to see that that you're the person that they want to hire, Okay. So that's how you deal with being able to give value, but but not necessarily like giving away the farm and and you know spending a bunch of time just <laughs> training people how to be technical on Elance and Odesk, right? And then the last thing when it comes to bidding on jobs is what you really want when you know that you uh, have a uh, have an advantage or you're creating advantage is when you're able to get into a dialogue with the person. If you have a back and forth dialogue going, that's a really good sign because every message that goes back and forth creates just a little bit more trust, a little bit more familiarity, and familiarity breeds trust. Now, if they've sent 10 messages back and forth with you 
and none within any of the other developers, who do you think they're going to be a little bit more familiar with, have a little bit more trust with? Uh, and especially today in our online world where you know a lot of the people that we know, we only communicate with online. And so we've kind of all bought into this idea of establishing trust that way. And, and oftentimes it can only it only takes a couple messages back and forth to to feel a sense of familiarity and trust with somebody. And so that's what you want to work to do when you're bidding on project is not to tell them how great you are and not just be so focused on landing the job, but to just create a dialogue back and forth. Don't be afraid to write a message that has almost nothing to do with your project or their project, a bid or this, that, the other, where you're just engaging them in dialogue and chatting with them. Don't be afraid to do that. That's going to breed familiarity. It's going to breed breed trust and that's going to set you apart and, and increase the chances that, that you'll get hired. Now, I've had people I've had really great dialogue with and they still chose somebody based on price. And yeah, it doesn't feel good, but the thing that you have to keep in mind is A, they may not have been a client that you really wanted to work with anyway because they were always going to hassle you about price um, whereas you're trying to sell on value. And B, even though they hired somebody else, next time around, uh, you're going to be probably be the person that they think of and you'd be a, a little bit more likely uh, to get hired by by that person because you've created some sort of connection with him. All right, so again, you want to work to engage in a dialogue and you're just a lot more likely to uh, to to create a relationship and, and get hired for that project. All right, so that is the end of the third segment uh, about bidding on jobs. Come back after the break and we're going to wrap up the show uh, and talk about where you can get access to more information. Hey guys, John here. Hey, I wanted to ask you real quick. Are you on Twitter? If so, I would love to connect with you. I'm looking to connect more and more with the people that listen to this podcast and follow me online and to help you get further down your coding career. And Twitter is a really awesome way to go about doing that. So if you're on Twitter, then go ahead and do a search for me. It's John Morris, or you can find me at JP Morris. And go ahead and follow me. And then if you have a burning question that you would like for me to answer or you have a suggestion for a podcast topic or a tutorial topic, then go ahead and send that over to me so I can take a look and help you uh, with your problem or help you get further down your coding career with the tutorial. All right, so head on over to twitter.com slash jpmorris. You can find me there. Be sure to follow me and then let me know what questions you have, what suggestions you have, and so forth. And let's let's connect over on Twitter. All right, appreciate it. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show. That'll end the uh, podcast or the episode for, for today. Appreciate you listening. If you would like to visit the full podcast page, you can head over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Show, and you'll be able to see all the past episodes for all the podcasts including this one you'll be able to visit the show notes page you get access to uh, the full podcast page with all the information regarding today's episode downloads etc um, you'll also be able to if you're not yet you can subscribe to the podcast which I encourage you to do so you don't miss out on any of these pearls of wisdom um, and you'll be able to ask any questions or, or, or anything like that over there. 
All right, so head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash johnmorrisshow. Subscribe if you haven't. Check out the uh, podcast page and let me know if you have any questions. If you'd like to connect elsewhere, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash J-O-H-H-N. That's facebook.com slash John, J-O-H-H-N. That is my personal profile, so just go ahead and add me as a friend and I'll add you back. Um, You can find me on Twitter at J.P. Morris, Google Plus, plus.google.com slash plus sign John Morris online. Uh, And of course, over at John Morris online. Dot com. If you have any questions, then go ahead and let me know what they are, and I'll try to answer them on the podcast. All right, thanks for listening to this episode, and I'll talk to you next time.